Hey there, and welcome to another episode of Dug Up and Dusted Off. I am your host, Jim McRae, and today is a great day to discover how to live your best life, reach for the stars, and achieve the impossible. Remember, when anything or anyone has tried to bury you, it's time to dig yourself up, dust off, and learn to live again. Right. It's so good to have you with us today. This is Jim McRae. I'm your host for Dug Up, Dusted Off, and it's been a little bit uh, since I've been with you, but it's only because I've been um, away and on a mission trip, and what we decided to do was we decided to bring the uh, equipment over to, or with us, uh, to Ohio. We are in Ohio in a small town, and uh, we were invited to come up here and drive. Uh, well, it took us, goodness, it took us about 11 hours to drive up here with a couple of stops at Bucky's, which we had never been to. And I don't think we'll ever go there again. Oh my goodness. That is an absolute crazy. It's just a nightmare. Um, but it's cool. If you haven't been to Bucky's, you, you need to go to Bucky's once, but I think once is probably enough. Um, but it, it, it was, it was cool. So, uh, we, we made it up here where we've been here for a couple of days. Uh, and what we're doing is we're in a town that's been really hit hard by uh, uh, sort of the meth. It's been s- devastated by meth addiction, and um, it's just really very isolated and uh, need needs some love. And that's why we came up here. They've got a lot of denominational churches up here that are struggling and just trying to to do things that they wouldn't nor- normally be able to do. We, we take that for granted when we're in more populated areas, but, you know, just even getting internet is, is difficult here. So, uh, but we came up here and uh, we, we have, I think, 12 or 15, I think 12 people, 12 to 15 people up here, all ra- all ages. It, it, we've got one kid that's uh, 11 that came up here that's already been just made a huge impact with with the people around here and um and anyone from from 11 to to 70 all right and everything in between so it's been a great group we went to to Honduras with this group last year and uh had a great time and so it, it's it's a it's a close knit group, but a group that knows how to serve. And you know they're they're from Overcome Church, so that's that's pretty cool. And and the church supports it and loves it. And so we come back with a lot of great stories about how God has um, you know worked through the through the lives of these what we call missionaries and how they give one thing and that's hope. And I think that's one thing missionaries do is is a lot of times they can't feel the impact of what they've done. They they've they come, they serve, they leave, and it and they might not get to see sort of the fruits of their labor, but what they leave people with is a beautiful thing, and that's called hope. And, you know, I, I think hope is really underrated by so many people because that's the one thing that gets us through very difficult times. That's the one thing that God puts in our hearts to say, you know, tomorrow can be lived. There is a tomorrow to be lived. And people that have lost hope you know, just don't want to live. There's no reason to live if there's no hope for tomorrow. And and that's how the Jews got through the Holocaust. That's how any 
person who's a person of faith gets through the, to the next day because they believe one thing, or people of faith believe one thing, that God is in it with them, that God is moving in and through it with them. Uh, people without faith use other things, and I and that that's fine. I personally don't see how anybody can not have that kind of faith and not have a relationship with 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 the Creator that. You know that he he loves them and is with them. And when we search scriptures, we see the, you know, our God moving with people who are in need. In fact, that's the whole purpose of the, that's the story of the whole Bible is God coming to us when we were in need, when we were either in sin, when we either did things that we you know had regretted. We didn't have a God that turned his back on us. Instead, we had a God that met us, and so. God heard the prayer of the Israelites in slavery in Egypt, and, and he came to them and delivered them. Um, God, God heard just every one of our prayers throughout the ages and has give, given us prophets and finally gave us Christ so that we might uh, break out of the sin cycle that we live in and can live in a new life with him. And that all sounds kind of theological and biblical, but when you really think about it, it, it's it's true. When you really think about how we live our lives, I mean, some people say we're inherently good, and I, I don't believe that. I believe that we're not inherently good. In fact, our inclination is to think about ourselves before we think about others. It's rare that an individual will think about somebody else before they think about themselves. But uh, truly, you know, our, our, our human nature is to, to be more inwardly focused focused than outward, outwardly focused. Now that doesn't mean that we're everybody is evil like I'm I'm a sociopath like Hitler or Stalin or something like that. It, that that's not what I'm talking about. I'm just saying the nature is to think about themselves first, all right? Just like a child when a child gets into understanding its mind, it wants the lollipop, right? I mean, it doesn't want to give the lollipop away. I'll tell I'll talk about this all the time when I ask kids, you know, what'd you get for Christmas? They name all the toys. I go, well, would you do me a favor? Will you give me your favorite toy? And they'll go, of course, go, no, no. And and brothers and sisters will take things from each other because they want it. And so this is just our human nature. So anyway, I think, though, that what happens is, is that when we start to press beyond that nature, you know, and start to, to really look at other people's lives, it's about instilling one thing, and that's hope. It's about bringing people hope to live their lives in a more powerful way and, and to teach them that there's a God that, that really wants to, to work in and through them no matter how bad it is. And so when you come to this town, it just looks sad. It, it looks, un, it, you know, everything's unpainted. Everything looks looks like it's sort of falling apart. And, you know, and it, it's kind of indicative of, of, of a little bit of the human spirit. Now, we came to a church on, on Sunday that, that absolutely was filled with joy. And so it was really odd to see all of the surroundings and to see all of these people and to see all the things that were happening in the town and then find this pocket of joy. And and what it what it reminded me of was that there was there was a there was something that wanted to press against sort of the darkness that had fallen over this place. And, uh, I mean, again, like liquor stores, what time's a liquor store open in, in Georgia? Well, not till 10, 11 or 12 even. Well, they're open at 6 a.m. here when you drive through and there are about three or four of them. So in a little town of 500. So you've got a town of 500 with 1500 in the county and you've got four liquor stores opened up at 6 a.m. And so you're, you really are dealing with a group, a lot of people that are 
just sort of can't climb out of their valley and they need other people to help them do it. And here was this pocket of people that, you know, really wanted to, to do that. It sounded, I mean, the, the, you know, they, they were hosting NA meetings. They were excited about that. They were young and old. There were people tatted up and down their bodies. There were people that, you know, were, you know, Puritan pure sit next to each other. And so it, it was a really cool mixture of people. And it, it was this sort of the light wanting to press against the darkness kind of moment. And, and so there are really good people in this town, really good people that want to do good things and they just need help. And, and so I, I started thinking about what one of the, what of the ministers said here who has this really large ministry here, and it's a beautiful ministry, and uh, we're helping him do a lot of stuff. But he talked about how the uh, church really, when it, when, it, when it really gets down to it, the church judges people. And when it really gets down to it, we judge people. And so when we look at people, we say, well, there's an addict. And, you know, how did he become an addict or why did they become an addict? And, you know, it's their fault that they became an addict. And really what this pastor is saying is the addiction is only a symptom of something much, much deeper. And it's true. It's, it's a deep, it's a symptom of just real brokenness. And so I think that instead of looking at an addict and saying, well, there goes an addict, a drug user or a drug, you know, whatever, you, that, that our mindset needs to flip. It needs to say, there goes a really broken person. I need to hear their story. I need to get involved. I need to know why they do what they do. Now, I'm not going to lie. I mean, I've been, you know, there have been plenty of addicts that have just lied. They cheat and steal and take everything from you in a heartbeat. But that doesn't mean that we should stop understand, stop from understanding that the majority of them are just really broken people, hurting people. They've been abused. They've been hurt they're, they're dealing with the war veterans are dealing with PTSD there's just they're just dealing with a lot of stuff that's very serious and it really made me change my my attitude about that it made me you know made me understand that God sees much deeper and I always knew this and I've always been particularly sensitive to the people out of the gutter than the people in the middle of the road I've, I've done many sermons on that and that identify particularly with people that that or in the gutter of the road instead of in the middle of the road. And yet I find most pastors wanting to live their life in the middle of the road. And in certain denominations, most pastors are want to make making wanting to make, you know, upward level moves to more, you know, middle of the road churches where, you know, everything seems to be sort of sterilized and nice and pretty on the inside. And and here's where we get into the dangerous place about being, you know, effective. You know, I, I personally think people, pastors, laity, all, everybody should understand that they're being called to be prophets, you know, that we can't necessarily always predict the future like Daniel or others or prophesy in that way, but we're called to speak prophetically the, the truth and the realities that lie are, that, that are all around us. If I'm not being prophetic about the drug uh issues that are in this community and, and that, that God can do something about it, then, then what's the point of even opening my mouth? Being prophetic means that you're, you're speaking as an, as an emissary or as an ambassador for God. 
God, God chooses you to speak his truth into the life of another human and, and into the situation of another human being. And so when we speak prophetically, what we're really doing is we're speaking over a, a deep valley or a deep darkness and bringing the light into that darkness by our words and by our actions. And so, you know, every single one of us is supposed to do that. And, and especially pastoral leaders are supposed to challenge their churches to want to do that. Yet the church has been so sterilized and, and homogenized that, you know, that different people coming into our church are looked at and, and looked down upon and, and are made to feel uncomfortable. That's why, you know, Sharon and I started uh, a, an off-site uh, service called Studio 3 for people that weren't comfortable coming into the church. And I think every church should ha- recognize that people are not comfortable. There's a great church up in Tennessee. I forget uh, what it's called, it's, but it's did, we got the example of radio church from them. Now, they were doing radio church long before COVID even hit. And and they were the reason they were doing radio church is because they knew people were afraid to come inside. And it's just a small mountaintop community. They had hundreds of people come to radio church, sit out in their parking lot where they played a band out in the in the portico and and turned on their radio and listened to a message. And they were perfectly happy, not coming into a church, but willing to come in uh, to a parking lot, sit in their car, and listen to a word that, that inspired them. And what that tells me is that we're deeply spiritual people. Every single one of us has except for a very few who are atheists and don't believe that they have a spirit, okay? There are a group of people that believe that, but the majority of us believe that we're spiritual beings in human bodies and that that there is a need to feed the spirit and the soul, all right? And that, that there's something eternal about that. And uh, it doesn't matter where they do it, how they do it, and they certainly don't want to do it among people who they think they're going to be judged by. And... And I think that's what this community is just wanting, is a group of people to recognize it and to say, we care. In fact, the people that we've met have been very suspicious about why we've been here. You know, they, they, were, they, they were very suspicious about why we, we came to be with them. In fact, we were building a porch, and one guy said, why are you on my property? We didn't even own it. He just rents here. And, you know, they, they, they tend to be very suspicious of outsiders, but, you know, they're all, they're all struggling and struggling in a, in, a very, in a very unfortunate way. And we've been called to come here to be prophets, to be ambassadors of hope, to, to not judge and to pour into them. Now, I'm going to tell you, after a day of overcoming the suspicions of this person, now me and this person have become friends, swapped information, are going to stay in touch, you know. And so, and and I think the, even this person um, has suggested he might want to be baptized. So it's, it's a very, it, it, but it's all because we decided to get to know people. Uh, what is stopping you from getting to know somebody? You know, what is really stopping you from, from paying attention to another person? Is it just because you don't have enough time? Is it because you've been trained and conditioned to look at other people and, like, what we do is we label them as them? Are you trained to look at them as something different, the people on the other side of the tracks as something different? Um, are you, have you been conditioned to, to not trust people uh, that have had uh, a very jaded and difficult past? Um, 
maybe it's just fear. Maybe it's just plain out fear that you don't, and, and maybe just fear that they're going to hurt you or maybe going to, uh, or that you're not going to know or that you're not equipped yourself to deal with the situation. Or maybe it hits too close to home for you. I don't know what it is for you in your situation, but I know one thing that any, every butt that you have has to be put to death in order to be in ministry with people that aren't like you. Now, I, I'm going to say this right now. In the most upper economic brackets of you know, Atlanta, these situations prevail. Drug, pr- drug and sexual abuse and, and, and drug abuse and theft and greed and, and all of these things prevail. Just because you drive a nice car doesn't mean you're, you're you know, you, you put lipstick on a pig, it's still a pig. All right. Doesn't mean we cannot still engage in the same behavior. And so, but even in your own communities, whether it's upper, lower, or middle economic classes, are you paying attention? Why, aren't, why don't you want to get to know the story of another human being? Well, what's stopping you? And I'm, I'm going to say this. I think it's time. I think we're just too, we, 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 we don't have enough time. We hardly have enough time to go to church on Sundays, much less scheduling God during the week, much less scheduling one hour to help somebody else during the week. What makes, we, what makes us think that we're going to actually, actually pay attention to another person's pain? except our own pain and except our children's pain and our spouse's pain. Why, why would we ever believe? And so I think hearing another person and seeing another person wanting to get another, getting to know another person takes training. I think it takes practice. I think it takes wanting to hear another person's heart. But, but again, you have to exercise those muscles that are in tune with that part. And that's the spirit. You have to exercise spiritual muscles, spiritual hearing, spiritual eyesight in order to really want to come up alongside of that. Now, Sherry, my wife, is just really good at that. She's just so good at that. I mean, she's got just the compassion for other human beings. She's just got a love for other human beings. And she just comes right up alongside of people and, you know, can get to know them and really wants to hear them. You know, I, I've it takes me just a hair a bit longer. I've got maybe a, a just a, a little bit of a guard up as a pastor because I know, you know, how people can hurt one another. I, I don't let them see that as much as I just have that inside, you know. I'm not far behind, Cherry, but it does take me a little longer to, to you know, open that door. But it is a heart-opening door. It is uh, the heart that needs to be exercised. And when we start training the heart in that way, I think amazing things can happen. I think amazing things can happen in our own lives because of it. I mean, now that I've sort of settled into this place of mission, I mean, it's life-giving. I mean, it's truly life-giving. It, it's something that I'm, I'm looking forward to getting up the next morning. I'm looking forward to, to what, you know, who I'm go- who, what's the next person I'm going to meet. I'm looking forward to being a messenger that will give hope in a lot of ways. And so uh, it's it's... There's nothing better than than exercising the heart. Think about an athlete that just gets to exercise the body. Think how good they feel. And I, I, I cannot stand to look at people over 50 that have excellent bodies. Can't stand it. The men, but they've worked hard to get there. I'm going to get there. I'm going to get there. I'm, I'm, i got to get through this mission trip because all we're eating is spaghetti, pizza, and, and cereal. So, But I'm going to get there starting next Monday. But 
but they feel good because of it. It feels good to feel the lungs burn when you go on a hard workout. It feels good to watch the the muscles burn. It feels good to feel the the pump of, of lifting weights. It feels good to, to look into the mirror and see uh, less fat and more lean, you know? Uh, and so all of those make you feel good, but think how good when you exercise the, the muscles of the heart. Not the physical heart, but the, the spirit, the heart, the heart of what you, who you are. When you exercise that, when you, when you engage love, when you engage compassion, when you start lifting empathy, when you start doing all of these things, all of a sudden you start experiencing life in a much deeper way. What you really get to do is you get in tune with the rhythm of the kingdom of God. You really get in tune with heart, God's heart. You really understand how Jesus looked at all of us when he was walking this earth thousands of years ago. You understand that it was compassion from the cross that says, forgive them for they know not what they do. And, and that, that was, that's a deep love and a deep empathy because Jesus cared more about the heart than he cared about anything else. He cared about more about how the heart was in turmoil, how the heart was breaking, how the heart was riddled with guilt, how the heart was, was um, alienated from their, from their creator, from their father. And he came to do something about it. He came, to do, he came to do and mobilize people to tell other people that there is a better way. And that's exactly what, it, what he did. Now, he got killed for, for it by the religious leaders. They, they literally murdered him for it. They did not want him to challenge their power and their paycheck, all right? And they murdered him for it. And that has gone on for thousands of years, religious leaders murdering, literally murdering, killing other people to protect their power and their paycheck. And now you can't do that in the church. You can't burn somebody at the stake, but you can burn their character down. You can burn their ministries down. You can burn them, their, 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 uh, everything that they've achieved slapped to the ground. But God has a way of rekindling all of that in the life. And what, what happens is the minute you try to burn it down in somebody else's life, God's sending somebody else to build it right back up. God's sending somebody else. God sent Overcome Church to build it right back up here at, in this in this small town. God is sending you. If you've been burned down, if you've been, if you're in that valley, if you're the in that place where uh, you you've you've turned to drugs or to alcohol or to whatever else it is, and you feel like it's, your life has been burned down, God is calling somebody right now. You just got to look for it. You got to wait for it. You got to see it. God is calling somebody to come up alongside of you to build it back up. Every single time. He's not going to leave you alone. Alone, Abraham and Sarah cast out Hagar and Ishmael, all right, into the wilderness to die. And God came alongside of them. God is always, the God is a come alongside God, all right? God is a come alongside God. He's coming alongside. He's sending others to come alongside. You got to wait for it. All right. You got to be patient. Keep praying. Keep understanding there's a better day to live. There's hope for tomorrow every single time. There's somebody come up coming up alongside of you. I'm I'm hoping one of two things will happen after hearing this. I'm hoping one of two things will happen that you know that God is is coming up alongside of you. If you're in a valley, God is coming up alongside of you. He's there. I promise you he's there. And this is even more important for those listening that he's calling you to come up along some side, along somebody else. He's coming. He's calling you to come up alongside somebody else to make a difference in their life, to not see their addiction, but to see their brokenness, to not see their um, their mistakes, to, but to see their pain, to not see their their weaknesses, but to see in their faults, but to see 
and to hear their story. And uh, I believe when we start doing that, we start exercising the heart in incredible ways. Hey, listen, um, I hope this uh, short short talk has meant something to you. I'm going to go grab some coffee with the mission team right now. And so I'm going to do some more talks. We're going to have some more people come up alongside of us to talk about this. And uh, we got some really great podcasts coming into you. So, hey, listen, we want you to have a great day, great week, and we cannot wait to talk to you again. Take care, guys. If you're listening to this message, you've listened to the entire episode of Dug Up and Dusted Off. And for that, we want to thank you from the bottom of our hearts. We hope you enjoyed this episode. And if you did, please leave us a review on Apple Podcasts and Spotify. We also love for you to share this episode with those who might be interested in this topic that we talked about today. Also, feel free to let us know what topics you'd like to see covered in future episodes. Hey, listen, you can do that by going to www.jimmccray.tv and leave us a comment and contact us through that website. We'd love to see you next time on Dug Up and Dusted Off, and we hope you have a great week.